0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the best new show in podcasting, the Call and a Man's Answers Show, live every Tuesday and Friday. If you guys haven't already, make sure to subscribe to me on your favorite streaming platform to stay up to date with the show. Also, follow me on my social media at Colin Man's and Callin Weir's to stay engaged. This is episode 40 with Kevin Crawford. He's a tattoo artist working at King's Tattoo Parlor in Las Vegas, Nevada. He can be reached at sacredkev.inc on Instagram. All right, man. I'm actually trying something new out on this one, so we'll see how it goes. Okay um so the way i do it is uh i'm in speaker mode right now so it should flip back and forth for between your face and my face when the recording's out so that it's easier for the listener to stay engaged so we're gonna see how that goes okay
1: all right how you been man how you been how you been i've been good bro i've been good nothing but blessed man honestly um life's been nothing but interesting to say the least you know, uh,
0: how about you? You know, I've been doing good. Uh, we we're playing football right now, and it's it's honestly pretty crazy how it's going because it's almost like we're like in fall camp, but like everything going on, it's hard to it's hard to really think about like a football season like the way we used to know it. But like right now, like like we have a practice tomorrow morning, um, and it's like everything's going cool. Like obviously, we're not in pads or anything yet, but we're getting helmets this weekend and everything. So things are going pretty smooth for football and everything. Oh wow.
1: Oh wow. Yeah, that's serious.
0: <laughs> yeah, it okay. it's it's wild. Um because like who knows? Like right now we're only scheduled to play two games, but that could fall, you know, you never know. Like with everything going on.
1: So okay, I got a question. I'm I'm a huge college football fan. So I got some questions about that. I mean, now are you is your school in a conference?
0: Yeah, we're in the um I think every school is in a conference besides Notre Dame uh, for college. I think you have to be. We're in the NWC, which is the Northwest Conference.
1: Okay. Okay. So are you only going to play your conference when you get scheduled? or?
0: So next year, I don't know. Um, I Because that's okay. the next time we're playing like a full season, you know. Right now we're only scheduled okay. to have like a couple like – kind of skirmish how i'm going to say it, games between one of our like rivals um because what happened was they told us we're not allowed not that they said that we're not allowed but they said something along the lines of we're not gonna gonna leave the state so there's only a couple of teams in our state and two of them opted out and then one of i think three of them actually opted out so there's only one team to play besides us mm. yeah wow but yeah okay enough about me. How is tattooing going, man? I saw you did, uh, Rachel the other day.
1: Yeah, man. Um, not only was she like a great client to sit with and like actually tattoo. Um, but she, she has like, she, uh, she has like what I like to call great tattoo skin. You know, it's like almost like drawing on paper, bro, where I, my needle hits her skin and it's almost like I'm, I'm back at, I'm back on, like, you know, like my, uh, a table in my science class where I'm drawing on something. You know, it's so smooth. It's easy. It's effortless. And uh, the piece came out better than, honestly, I expected. Um, it was a lot longer than I expected, too. But that was, I mean, that was just because of the detail that I added. Um, but it was, it was definitely, it was definitely one, of my, one of my favorite pieces that I've done. Um, but, dude, it was, it was dope. It was dope. Definitely fun.
0: So I know nothing about tattooing. So I'm glad I can pick your brain about that and among other things, but just to start out, how did you get into doing this? Like, have you always been like an artist, like with drawing and everything?
1: Yeah. So back to what I was saying, like the the science table references, bro, I used to get, I used to get suspended and I've actually gotten expelled from two schools for drawing on school property. Um, Just consistently, bro, I was bored, man. I couldn't help it. I I just, I love drawing. And then, um, I want to say around the time I was like 14 or 15, I, I took a little break. I, I didn't really draw much. I had what they call like, you know, like writer's block, but it was more like a, a, a an artist block. I just couldn't draw very much. Um, and so honestly kind of lost it, but I started doing permanent makeup and I did, I got licensed as a tattoo artist to be um, able to do permanent makeup. And then one day, bro, I was sitting at home and I was bored just I was a kid and I had this machine in my hand that I just started drawing on some fake skin and I was like, I can do this. That's why. So I honestly, I honestly, I honestly taught myself how to tattoo. Um, all the trials and tribulations I've gone through has been on people's skin, unfortunately, but um, also myself, i tattooed myself. So it wasn't like, I just, you know, didn't want to, yeah, I, I wanted it. to know what it was like. Yeah. yeah. You know, I wanted to commit all the way. So I, I sat 10 hours, tattooed my knee, you know, I have some mistakes on my knee that I need to correct, but that was a learning process, you know? So all of that together, once I was able to get back into a shop, bro, it just, I don't know, the doors just just opened up. It was mm-hmm. it was nice.
0: Do you think that – sorry, I'm going to make – okay, yeah. Um, the, right there, just for a second, there was a little delay, but I think it was just, just the internet acting up. My, I'm off, though. Um, but, no, yeah, do you think that messing up on yourself is – easier than messing up on anyone else because you said like you have some things to touch up like do i don't know if you've ever messed up on anyone but if you had would you like to like or even if you haven't would you say that it is like in your mindset like would you take it easier like like, oh it's just myself like i did this but like rather than you messing up on someone else's skin you know because it's permanent
1: right i mean it is definitely less stressful to mess up on yourself but um I can tell you it hurts more because you have to look at it every day. One and two, when you mess up on a tattoo, there's only one of two ways to mess up. Okay. You can either go too deep or you can, the line can be crooked. So doing one of those two things, going too deep hurts. And this was a knee tattoo. So I I went too deep in a couple places. So that really hurts, you know, in crooked lines, no one wants to see that shit. So it's like, ah you know those those kind of things but it honestly teaches you to move way slower to be patient yeah and that's something that i didn't have before i tattooed myself was that patience because i always wanted to just get it done and get it right and just put ink and in skin and not really love the art of it in the process and once i actually messed up with myself a few times I was like all right kev okay, slow down Mm-hmm. We go, it's, it's okay. You know, we, you won't be here. It's ain't going nowhere. You know, it's just, a, it's just another day in the park. Yeah. And once, 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 once you relax, but I've definitely messed up on people. Um, It's just a part of the process, bro. But it's almost like being an athlete, bro. You got to have short-term memory. It's like, you got, that has gone. You know, you, you mess up, it's out of there. You got to either you can fix it or you, you just got to forget about it. And, mm. Man. There was a tattoo that like made me feel like I, I just wanted to quit tattooing, bro. <laughs> what was it? There was there was a tattoo, bro. I I had a client come in and this client was one of the most I, I think it was one of the most uh character building moments for me because I had a, a a client that was a transgender man. So she was a, a a woman before and you know, I was I was very surprised because she had a beer better than the, better than both of us. Well, he did. You know, what I mean, let's be yeah. grammatically correct. He had a beer better than both of us. I was like, wow. I wish I had that. You know,
0: uh.
1: but he was a really cool person. You know, and he was like, I want this tattoo of a motorcycle for my dad who passed away. And I was like, you know what? I got you, bro. Let's get it done. Let me see your design. I'm gonna draw it. Let's get it. Let's get it going. I drew the design. And man, I drew the design that he gave me, but. The design wasn't as artistically uh, demanding I, I, as it, it wasn't right for a tattoo. Okay. And I still drew it without the experience. This was all pure lack of experience. I just did this tattoo off of confidence. And that's why that's, that's the one that made me confident going to a tattoo. You got to really know what you're doing. But I tattooed a helmet so black on that man, it wasn't even fixable. And the helmet wasn't supposed to be that dark, and it looked like he was like the hunchback of Notre Dame, bro. Like, he was sitting like this on a tattoo. It was bad. Like, the proportion was off. It was just I – was, I was like, man. I was upset. He was upset. The shop was upset. The The whole experience had me sweating for weeks, man. It was rough. It was rough. But he came back in, and we had an artist. His name was June and he fixed the tattoo for me, um, and the dude was happy at the end. But, man, that was, like, my first real mess-up, mm-hmm. my first real mess-up. And it, was, it wasn't a mess. You can't fix that. It was a mess-up you, really, you really, like, you can't fix in that moment. He had to heal. He had to sit with that. He had to show people this really black helmet <laughs> on your skin that, like, it was, bro, like, I used the blackest ink I had. Thinking I knew what I was doing. Oh, bro. Oh man, I was so upset that day.
0: How did that <laughs> tattoo artist, artist? How did that tattoo artist June fix it?
1: Um. So once the tattoo healed, uh, he was able to throw some white ink on the helmet and uh, give it some dimension, so the helmet didn't look so flat. It gave it a lot of curve, gave it a lot of, like I said, dimension, and just made the tattoo look well a lot more well rounded in a way that I just couldn't have done in that moment. Now I I fully believe I could have, I could have killed that tattoo, but yeah, this is we're talking. Like, this was probably what my, I want to say my fourth biggest, my fourth Mm -hmm. big tattoo and like my like 12th tattoo total, like, Mm -hmm. man, it just, it it was humbling. (laughs) That's for sure.
0: It reminds me of, uh, it reminds me of this one, uh, this one story. It's like, Nobody wants to be like, do you know what a cadaver is? Yeah. Yeah. Nobody wants to be the cadaver that like like, somebody fucks up on, you know? Nobody wants to. So it reminds me of that because it's like almost like uh, tattoos, like one art form where like, like, because if you mess up on a, on a painting or on a song, if you're recording a song or on a drawing or something in that, realm you could always fix it but like when you're on someone's skin like it's like you know it's another animal
1: man it's another animal bro yeah the scariest ones are the ones that are artists man Mm
0: -hmm.
1: the scariest ones are the ones that draw already the ones that create their own tattoos the ones that will come in and say oh yeah I, i i paint here i do this i do that yeah. Those are the scariest ones cuz they have that artistic eye just like you do. So they're going to see things that are differently than you. They might see things that are off that you don't see that are off. They're going to see things that you might think that are correct that are wrong to them because they're they're artistically sound just like you are. But it's just in their own direction. Yeah. So you have those clients, man, and they are just they are the hardest to impress. But man, it's those they are the most fun to work with. I can't say that. They just, they take a little more love, which I do, which I do this because I love it, but you can tell when you're talking to another artist because they're very meticulous. They're very like, I want to see light here, dark here. I want to see bold here, thin here. And they're very, very specific about it, you know, and it's, that's what makes it fun because those pieces are a lot of the pieces that I can actually throw on my Instagram first, you know, um. Rachel being an example. She, we, we kind of collaborated a little bit on it. She sent me a design that she liked. I redrew it. She loved it. I added some things. She loved it again. You know, we just kept going. And, you know, I had clients before her, this guy, I don't know if you're familiar with like Japanese uh, Samurais, like the Shogun, but uh, this guy from New York came down and he was, uh, he said he wanted the Shogun with this, with this girl next to him. And, he would draw this stuff all the time as a kid. And he would watch this stuff. And being I'm a huge yeah. Wu-Tang fan, the Shogun is in the back of all the Wu-Tang song. You know, he is the story of every of all the 36 Chambers. You know what I mean? So to hear that, I'm like, look, we're going to collaborate. We're going to make this happen. And talking to that man, he was one of the... I, it took me a month to design his stuff. That's wild. And once I got it all designed, bro, <sighs> yes, it was. And he was, he was one of my... He's one of my favorite clients by the end, bro. Yeah. One of my favorite.
0: How long does it usually take sure. you to uh, design it, Like uh, just a standard tattoo? Like, not a month. Like, you just said it took you a month. Like, how long does it usually take you?
1: Yeah. Uh, usually, like, an hour or two. We were going back and forth for, it, it takes me about an hour or two. So, we were going back and forth for every day for about a month.
0: Mm, yeah, it's wild.
1: And I'm just throwing something together, sending it back, throwing something together, sending it back. And he's, asking for this and it back you know but mm. standard tattoo any session even a session is going to take about five hours about a two-hour design
0: you should that's try and I'm sorry no you're good you should try and turn your uh uh airpod a little bit because your uh, earrings hitting it every once in a while it, it's like popping it, it it's like, mwah, mwah. So yeah. like it's not too loud but not. no no it's not a bad thing at all say something again say something real quick how's that no that's i mean that, the audio that? is no, that's... Yeah, it was just because you were like, I like the movement and everything, but I, it was just like... So I was like, I was just Is like trying to help camera? both of us. No, no. no yeah, I was... No, it's good right now. Okay. Though. Yeah. So Perfect. back to everything.
1: If it, if, if it still does, I can throw the other one in and we'll be good because this one's okay. not dangling. So that probably would be smarter, honestly.
0: No, it's... I like the dangling. It's just I, just... I was just trying to... Just trying to help the audio a little bit. um, But no, yeah. Did you is tattooing something you got in after you were in the military or you, were you always doing it?
1: No, I was, I was in the army, uh, first right out of high school. Um, and I was, I want to say I did, I served five years of my contract, but, uh, technically, but I really only served three and I chilled for two and then I started tattooing. All mm-hmm. during the sixth year of my contract, um, yeah, that's that's a funny story. That's a, I'm the finesse of the year for that one, bro. I'm the finesse of a lifetime. To be honest with you, dog, can't nobody finesse the government like I did. I'm I'm gonna tell you that right now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, you don't have to tell that story, but you can if you want.
1: Oh, I mean, it's not like it's a bad story or nothing. But I actually, I real life got injured, um, which is why I'm not in the army anymore. But man one of my one of my battle buddies uh I won't say his name though no. you know that's that's that part of the story will keep hidden we'll keep but, it. uh oh yeah we'll keep that hidden. but uh, my battle buddies he um he told me everything I needed to know about getting everything i uh, everything that I currently have from from the v a and from the army um and I just took his word and I rolled with it, and I'm sitting in a very amazing position because of it, so you know, um, I did genuinely get hurt, but the benefits that have come, um, have definitely been, I would say in back of my mind, a lot of times I feel like they're not deserved because I didn't do a lot of the things that most soldiers did to, to earn the benefits that that I have, but I'm very thankful for it because they saw my injury as something very serious and which it is, you know, I, 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 have a traumatic brain injury, you know, the the, my vestibular system in the back of my head is permanently damaged. You know, there is certain things that are serious about it. But being the person that I am on the inside, I'm just like, I don't know if it's that serious where I deserve all of this. You know, yeah. there's people that are fighting for for, for what I have and, you know, they don't have it. So it kind of makes me feel a little guilty, at the, but at the same time, I feel a little cocky. So yeah. <laughs> I embrace this a little bit.
0: The army is a weird one, not even just the army, the military is a weird one because um it, it's kind of like this weird thing like we're like you have to be a certain type of person to want to go into the military but then also like you're kind of set for life if you kind of if you do your due diligence and everything, you know? So it's almost one of those things like we put so much money into it like a lot of tax dollars which I am fine with, but it's like funny cuz like some people are like like not that it's go to college or do your own thing like entrepreneur or like uh get a job in that kind of area or go to the army but that's kind of the three options kids have when they like get out of high school you know sometimes and it's really mainly go to the army or college um no one really thinks about starting up a business tattooing things like that so did you always want to go to the army or like did you just kind of get like sucked in how'd that happen
1: man i honestly wanted to play college football um and at the time I was playing college basketball, college basketball. I'm sorry. At the time I was playing uh, high school, high school basketball too. And I was, you know, I wanted to explore both avenues, but I was really, really passionate about football. Um, not much concerned about basketball, so I didn't really put much effort into it. You know, I just kind of did it just to just to keep my cardio good. You know, at the, at the end of the day. But um, I, I had just too many injuries. I went to a school that didn't have a, a real football team, so that was that was out of the question for me probably towards like halfway through the football season of my senior year. Cause I played half the season for Western. And I mean, we all know how, how terrible they are. So it's just it wasn't even it was even worth it. Yeah. You know, but um so then I turned then I did turn to to the army. And I'm the kind of person, bro, like at the time I was a little upset, but it, it just I just put my all into it. I'm like, yeah, let's fully commit to it. Let's give it everything we got, you know, going to South Carolina and basic training and being in that environment, meeting all those people. Um, they're they're brothers that I'll have for the rest of my life, you know, and I definitely wouldn't, ha- wouldn't have that if I would have, you know, been stuck on still wanting to go to play college football knowing that I couldn't, you know. So joining the Army was something that I didn't necessarily want to do, but committing to it was probably the best decision I ever made because I'm where I am today because of the Army, to be 100% honest.
0: Do you think that um, because the you know you said you're comfortable from what the army's given you? Do you think that that has helped you pursue what you want to do, which was tattooing, like being comfortable?
1: Yeah, yeah, man. Um, it's pushed me to be able to do what I love um, instead of pushing to do something that like everyone wants me to do, or to impress other people. Which you know, I joined the army to make my make my parents proud and to you know not be you know sit at home like and being, being like you know like, I don't know what to do with my life. So, you know, being able to do something I love, the Army definitely gave me that avenue. And to, to get that from the Army was something that I never really expected because you would think, you know, you join the Army and you get a contracting job doing what you do or similar or something in the government field or and nothing like that. I'm the most anti-government person you're going to see. And I'm, I'm a disabled veteran, you know, it's, it's weird because the Army gave me all of that gave me that avenue to be this creative, the creative person I've always wanted to be, but I just never knew how. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely without the army, I'm wouldn't be here.
0: You know, and I think it's sad that not everyone gets that, um, to pursue what they want to do because they're so financially, um, I can't think of the word. They're so financially not dependent is not the word. Like there's, they have to work those jobs where you work paycheck to paycheck, you know, and they never really like. They're
1: restricted financially. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. And, and so like, and like, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people hate their jobs and they know what they want to do. If they sat down for 20 minutes, if they really sat down for 20 minutes and thought about what is it really that I want to do? They could figure it damn well out. And yeah. I think they're just scared that a lot of people... Can you hear that in the background? No. Okay, good. Uh, I think someone's vacuuming. Uh, it doesn't matter. Um, back. I digress. Uh, but yeah, I feel like you know it's really cool that you got to be comfortable in a situation, obviously not the traumatic injury, but that you got to be comfortable from something and you got to really pursue something you love doing. Because I'm always afraid, like, I'm going to get out of college um, or maybe I'm going to go to <clears throat> sorry law school. And I'm going to get a degree in that. And then I'm just going to be stuck doing that, which I I love law and everything. But like, you know, I'm always afraid that one day I might wake up in this job and be like, you know, I really wanted to do something else my whole life. Part of the reason I started this podcast, actually.
1: No, I feel you, bro. I mean, honestly, there... Like, what I've learned in this whole process, man, like you, once you... Like submit, like submit to just law school, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like not, obviously don't, don't give a podcast and don't do that crazy shit. But like I, I, the average person, we work five careers in our lifetime. So, you know, we might be doing one thing and then six years later, we're doing something else for another 10 years. And then we might be doing something else. So you, you, you have this law school, you become who you're meant to become in law school. And then you're going to become the next person Colin's supposed to be you know what i mean it's so crazy cuz like it, you you think you know what's going to happen next but what happens next always happens next no matter what so mm-hmm. that yeah, that career shift that you're going to have is, is gonna, it, it's going to it's going to happen so effortlessly yeah that like it, it it's going to be it's going to be fun you know mm-hmm. and that's that's the part of life that like i feel like a lot of a lot of us as like young adults aren't taught you know, we're always taught to just get it together, have it together, and be together. All that, and it's like, how? No, yeah. No one tells you how to do anything. They just say do it, you know. And the details are what really matter. You know, I feel like, you know, my my biggest shifts from going from doing, you know, lifting forklifts and all kinds of shit in the government in the government you know environment to. Being able to to be the most relaxed person I can is a whole one eighty. So I feel like anyone can do that in in, in a six year period. That can mm-hmm. happen for anybody unexpectedly. You know what I mean? And I, 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 you never know. You just never know. Just it's like submitting to the process, giving it just just giving it some time. Giving it, you know, we were never really taught that part. We're never yeah. really taught you to give it, give ourselves to something instead of giving our giving ourselves to a person. You know, we were never never really given that information. It was always do it.
0: I think football helps a lot with that. Though. If you play football, it, you really got to give your all to it. Um, that's sports in general. I don't want to be Fact. like just say it's football. I just feel like fo- football is something I know. So, but like you know, that's like one of those things that like you have to give your all to, or you're not going to be successful in it. And You know i always think that like especially at this age that i'm at i don't know if you feel this way but like i feel like before like not even before like just like before anything that's like large in life it really feel like it matters and then you like look back on it and either it like the things that you didn't think were gonna matter are really the things that matter in your life and you look back on the thing you were fearing for hours on and it was one of the greatest experiences of your life i'll give you an example yesterday um we so we've been competing in practice just because we're getting back into it and obviously i'm a kicker and everything so it's very like one dimensional it's all on you basically you know and and oh and i was having a practice at 9 p.m and i'm i'm a very anxious person i have anxiety and so when I'm sitting down doing nothing all day, waiting for practice, I was getting antsy. You know, I was having like Mm. the worst things out in my life. Went to practice, had a blast. And I left like, what the hell did I worry all day for? What was I worrying all day for? And I feel like that happens with a lot of things. Like I feel like something that you could worry about for two days, for two months when it actually happens, if you're worrying about the future, you really never know what's going to happen. Never, never.
1: Never know. You always know what's, what, you're, what you're in right in the moment. And, like, mastering the moment is the best skill we can all have, man. It just taking a second. And that tattooing has made me really take so many steps back in how I do things in life, just being patient. Because when I'm staring at somebody's skin, I can't move fast. When I'm staring at somebody's skin, I can't just jump in and jump out. You know, it's a, it's a very, very gentle process. And when you treat life gently, you're, you're way more focused, way more focused. So you're, you're in the moment.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you, then you master that moment, bro. It's, now you on another level
0: mastering percent
1: over 9,000. Yeah. Mastering the moment, bro
0: i think that's all anyone's trying to do is just master the moment and i heard uh i think it was joe rogan who said it on one of his podcasts he's like as soon as we start figuring out how to how to do this how to live we die you know like like when you get into old age just like when you're kind of figuring out oh this is kind of how we're supposed to be evil, we all die and it's like right life's a tricky bastard that way right right that's the part that makes you want to reproduce yeah you gotta
1: pass that shit on at some point you know yeah You don't want to harbor the information but on another note
0: (laughs) right does it scare scare you uh driving a motorcycle ever because some of the craziest accidents i've ever seen were motorcycles
1: bro it is the most exhilarating feeling in all the sense of the words bro like i i'm scared i'm happy um you know I, I sometimes I shit myself to be really honest with you like it's rough bro like there's been cars that just do not pay attention man like and it makes me so scared because it would be it'll either be what I've what I've realized it's either really pretty girls that don't pay attention when they drive oh yeah the yeah, same <laughs> so it's either really pretty girls that don't pay attention or it's old people that don't pay attention either one they don't pay attention what I have realized truck like people that drive trucks Ford's, Dodges, those kind of—they all pay attention. They're like zoned in on the road. I love driving next to those those kind of those kind of vehicles. But like cars and SUVs that have, you know, women and old people—they just do not pay attention, bro. I've almost—I've—I've I've, I've never gotten hit by a dude that like is in a car that he actually takes care of.
0: Have you I'm been old, hit by whole. a car before?
1: No, but very very close. Very, very close. Uh, my first time, The first time I crashed my bike, I was avoiding a car that was uh, pulling out into the uh, street very, very slowly. Um, I want to say, say about a month ago, um, I had to swerve last minute because this girl was looking down at her phone while changing lanes. And I mean, when I say last minute, it was like she swerved hard. And I'm like, wow, you really want to be in this lane looking down at your phone that bad? Like, that's that's okay. My life isn't important. That's it's fine. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's, it's scary, but it's those times that really make you pay attention the most. And honestly it made me a better driver when I have four wheels to control instead of just two. Um, so, but it's fun though, bro. Like hitting, I hit my head like a new top speed on say like three weeks ago, I'll probably never go that fast again, but it was just fun in the moment. And I went like, we were heading back from Barstow to, uh, Vegas, Um, during that that it was that section and I hit 169 on my bike. And man, when I tell you, bro, there was no, there's no feeling like it. I felt so alive looking death right in the face like that, because one wrong move, bro, it's over. Mm -hmm. There is there's no correcting, there's no no micro adjusting there's motorcycle terminology. Bro, you're going at speed you can't control unless you're going in a straight line. So you know, I was so tucked into that bike, squeezing it, holding on. Man, it, it just – I saw the meter go up. I saw I was 166, and I was, I was like, oh, man, i got to tuck in and go harder. So as soon as I tucked tuck myself into the bike, I got up to 167, and I saw it go 168, and I have a 169, and the bike tops out at 172. So I, there was almost nothing left. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm just I'm gonna stay right here. And I I rode, I rode out about 169, about a three miles. That's wild. And then like, bro, so fun. So wild, so fun. But I'll never, I'll never, 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 never go up to that speed again. I uh I get up to hundred and I'm like, all right, I'm good, I'm gonna sit right here.
0: I just watched a video today of this guy. Uh he was in a motorcycle and he he's they were both going fast. There's a motorcycle on a car and he just blew past the stop sign got smacked and he just flew like was doing like flips in the air for like I don't know how far but he was clearly he clearly died he clearly passed on but like I was like that's like it was like that it was on like a traffic cam and he just got hit and he was like flying like this like into the camera which was like one it was bad and I was like I watched it and I was like that could happen like any because realistically um, not that people don't die in t-bones because that happens all the time but you know getting t-boned in a motorcycle there's very little you can do you know cars are made safer in like for that like situation there's doors (laughs) but when there's no doors and it's just your leg and your arm and your body exposed like that man it's scary
1: oh it's over and at those and at the speeds that you can get to on a motorcycle is extremely Scary. There, I, I won't go that fast on the street, on side streets, that's for sure. I've only gone that fast on freeways. And I try to maintain, you know, at least sort of safety. But it's so hard when I have such a beautiful, powerful bike that can do so many things. You know, if I don't want to be next to a car, I don't have to be. And that's not a lot. That's, that's, that, that, that's, that's not something a lot of people can say on motorcycles. If you have anything below 1,000, you can't really say that. You know you have to put a little more effort into riding a motorcycle to get past the vehicle to 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 you know avoid anything now it is a six hundred so it is still powerful but there's a huge difference between being able to get fat passed by somebody at you know the the speed of light and being able to get past somebody you know uh, about ten seconds later. It's just a big difference between the power that you have and it's it's so it's so amusing within like just internally to just get on a motorcycle and just blow past people but Mm-hmm. It, is, it is so unsafe to do it on side streets. That's for sure. I've, I find myself cruising on side streets more. That's when I find myself doing things like, you know, riding with one hand, I'm just throttle handing it. I'm just kind of relaxing. I'm playing music vibing. Cause so I can hear my music the most. It's when I get on the freeway, I can't hear the music at all. So I'm just like, well, let's just go. Let's get out of here. Mm. You know, everyone's going 80 anyway. So going a hundred wouldn't be that bad.
0: Let's get back to it. Um, but yeah, when I was, um, I've only ridden on a couple dirt bikes, never ridden on a motorcycle. But even on dirt bikes, dude, it, it does feel like really exhilarating, but also like it just feels like you're, it makes you feel how vulnerable you really are. You know what I mean?
1: Man, speaking of dirt bikes, Chris is the absolute worst teacher on the fucking planet. Let's just start there, okay? I, well, learned, right. I learned how to ride or how to operate, bro. He was like, he's so gung ho, like he's so give it everything, one hundred percent right now. You're gonna do it all, and it's like Chris has no patience at all. He has no, he has no. There's no steps to Chris, you know. It's it's like you, once you learn the- step one. Oh, bro! It's 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 not even you can't even measure it. No, you really can't even think. I, no, there's no way. No, you can't. It, he ta- He t- told. He told me how to turn on the bike, or on the third bike, right? And then from there, he he like there was like nine steps he skipped, and he was just like, yeah, just throttle and clutch, bro. And I'm like, wait <laughs> and that's exactly what I do, and Ugh. I'm down I, in, in, in three seconds, bro. It, no time. Ten feet on the floor, on my side, bikes all jacked up. I look like an idiot in the middle of the street. I got these two ugly scrapes on me that can't. Like it was all avoidable if Chris would have been like, "Hey, look, walk with the bike first, feel it out." No, Chris was like, "Hey, just release the clutch, give it throttle, and balance." And I'm like, <sighs> "All right, I'm gonna go for it, bro." bro. It, was, it was bad. I just went right into right, right into the floor. Have you ever so, crashed? Yeah like into something or
0: <laughs> well not on a dirt bike on a motorcycle and
1: yes yes i crashed the bike the first day i rode it and that was probably the most painful thing i've done besides tearing my hamstring um and uh that would, bro like i was so the car so the car was pulling out in front of us because i was i was riding with my mechanic chris dropped me took me to my mechanic's house cuz my bike was there Um, so Chris was at my mechanic's place waiting for us to get back with both the bikes. Right. And my mechanic just crashed five minutes before I crashed. So it was already like, it was just in the air. It was just in the air that like, you know, bad luck was just, it was just spewing out our pores, you know, Mm -hmm. it was all the signs to not ride that night. And so as soon as my mechanic gets back with his bike, he fixes it really quick. You know, he has a bunch of spare parts and we get right back on the road. And this guy is a certified lunatic, hundred percent. One a great guy, but when he gets on a moto, he he you know he, he rides hard, is what they call it. <laughs> so you know it it almost like it's almost like he puts his life in danger every time he he gets on two wheels. And I didn't know that until I got on my motorcycle and rode with him. So I'm in first gear on the, one of the most powerful bikes known to man, and. And I'm on, and I just, I'm here full on it. Max wristed it out. And I'm going about 80 down Fort Apache in first gear on this R1. And and that's such a jerky gear that as soon as you hit the brakes, you're you're prone to lock the tire up. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that at the time. So I'm, I'm, now I see this car come out in front of me and I see these other cars at the stop sign. And I'm like, I got to get out the way. I got to slow down. I work on my swerve game a little bit, which was terrible. I swerved like a fucking rookie and locked my tire in the process. I front flipped with the bike and uh, broke my thumb off with the handlebar. And I hit my shoulder on the street first. then hit my face. My helmet like got all scrapey. The bike landed on my leg and we tumbled for about 20 yards, man. Uh, the car the car kept going. My buddy and the mechanic, my, my mechanic, he he turned around, grabbed my bike, and he took it back to his place because I didn't have my license at the time. So many cops got called. A young man was going to jail that night, and I wasn't having that. So he took my bike back to his place immediately because it was still rideable. And Chris brought my car, and we went. I went to the hospital, and I was in the hospital for about a good five, six hours. You know, just a typical. I girl to go if you in the emergency room <laughs> and <laughs> you know, and then I went home and I was, I want to say it took me about a week until I was able to like have a little enough mobility to fix my bike. And I immediately, as soon as I could move my hand just a little bit, cause this whole hand, I couldn't do this at all. Um, and my shoulder, even, even just the slightest movement, I had pops that were so painful. It's definitely still torn. I got to get it checked out, but, um, I couldn't, I couldn't grip anything, but as soon as I was able to move my hand, Mm -hmm. man, I took my bike to my buddy's place and we worked on that thing every day. So I just, while my hand was healing, my bike was healing too. So I was like, we're going to get through this together. And as soon as she was ready to
0: go, I was ready to go. Yeah. So how did you tear your hamstring?
1: Oh, that was playing football, man. Um, so I was, um, okay. Okay. No, that was, okay, so the first time I tore my hamstring, I was playing football, the Mm -hmm. second time was in the Army. The second time was, like, the most painful, that's for sure. Sure. The first time I was running a 40-yard dash um, during the spring training, and uh, right at the end, as soon as I crossed the line, my my knee buckled, it popped twice, and I fell, and it was over. Um, And I didn't even, I didn't play my junior year at all. Um, But the second time, I was running up a hill, and the same thing happened. Same leg. Um, and that time, bro, like I was so lightheaded, almost passed out. And I and I, I didn't even think I messed it up that bad like I did. So I stretched like an idiot. And you you know how that works. You play football, stretching a tear, come on. So that didn't help at all. And you know, once I got it, once I got it looked at it, it was like, yeah, it's a rap kid. Like, all right, well, but I haven't ran since that since the, that terrible. <laughs> I uh
0: I tore my labrum in my hip last year, bro. Uh, oh my
1: fucking god.
0: Yeah, so it wasn't the worst because it was like it's like the ball and socket joint, but like I couldn't kick. Like I was like going to practice and I was like trying to kick and it was like it felt like someone was ripping my hip open and i was like well what is that and i i was like hey eric i can't i can't kick and so at first they're like maybe it's a sports hernia maybe i just pulled my groin something like that and then i got an mri which is wild so if anyone doesn't know how they do labor labrum tear mri so you have two in your shoulder and two in your hip they have to inject like a, a needle that long into your hip and inject dye into it so they can see it on the mri and so i had to sit there and like feel this that was the worst part for sure i had to feel this long needle go in me but i was on two pills of valium so that was cool they gave me two pills of valium because i was like i can't do this and they were like so they did that and it went in my hip and um it was torn. And so I had to sit out this season. I still haven't got surgery. So I still have a torn labrum in my left and my right hip. Um, probably going to have to get that fixed after I'm done playing football and everything in the future. But you know, right now I it's, it's all right. So just doing what I got to do, you know,
1: that's, tragic, bro. Oh my, I'd be so scared if I tore anything in my hips, my hips are already rough, man. I already, Oh man, I'd be terrified. The only bad, only injury I've only, only other huge injury i had was in my Achilles. And that was when I was uh, playing basketball. And that's when I realized basketball wasn't for me because running on hard wood was just giving my Achilles this problem. Man, I, the doctor, I, I remember, went in, he, he grabbed my Achilles, like, with the wrath of God. But it was almost like he was mad at me. And I'm like, what did I do to you for you to grab my fucking <laughs> Achilles like this? Bro, like, I'm asking you for help. I told you I'm in pain, and he grabs it. And he's like, "How much do you like playing basketball?" And I'm like, "Yo, not this much, bro, not <laughs> this much at all." And he was like, "All right, well, look, I'm gonna, p- <laughs> I'm, gonna be like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play." Why would he do that? Um, something in here to make this feel better, bro. I don't even know. He was my dad's friend, so like, any one of my dad's friends, the spawn of the devil too. Like, my my father's an evil motherfucker, so like, <laughs> I bet you he told that nigga told him to do it. <laughs>
0: but
1: it was it, yeah he, he ended up injecting my Achilles with some stuff that like made it feel better but I couldn't play basketball anymore it was like I was that was that was out
0: yeah did I you hear done. Did you hear about Tyrod so, Taylor getting injected and like in and they punctured his lung before the game
1: yeah bro that shit that's now that that right there that you pay somebody so much money you know to keep players safe and it's like, you, you puncture lungs?
0: He, he must have lost his job, right?
1: I I would hope so. I mean, I don't think, as anyone of a, a, a if you have a certified, you know, job, you have like, if you're in a field where you have to have a certification, mm-hmm. you can lose that certification by doing anything incorrectly. And puncturing a lung is... I very incorrect I, I would assume that's very very dangerous my my lungs ain't been punctured so i know that hey, i don't know how that feels but that's definitely not correct no it's definitely not you correct. know so it's one of the no no so i definitely think you could you should lose at least your license you should have to go through a relicensing process you know i don't i, I don't maybe not losing your job completely because you know that's people got mm-hmm. families they have their own lives you know but if you do something severe like that in the NFL to an NFL athlete, yes, you should go through the whole pro- – step one, you clearly can't do step 10. So start over all with step one and let's start back crawling and we're going to get you back up into these NFL athletes. We're going to start you off with a little five-year-old, olds, right? <laughs> like <laughs> like uh, something,
0: you know? So do you think surgeons lose their license if they kill someone during surgery?
1: No, because people got to sign away that kind of stuff. They got to sign waivers if, like – and those – them them thick, them thick packets, man, they got all kind of clauses that say if – even if the doctor slices you wrong, he's not responsible.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: you know, you sign away so much responsibility to, to that doctor that if that happens, you signed it off. At the end of the day, it sucks, yes, and I, I don't wish that on anybody, but, like, that that, them documents make a huge difference. That's, that's why, that's why documents suck. I, I feel like they should never, that should be a thing where even if a doctor does mess up and someone does die or, you know, like they should have to like figure out why, evaluate why, take some steps back. Like you can't get back into the practice after somebody dies. Like, you got to figure out why they why why they died in your why, under your watch. Like I, that's how I feel.
0: yeah I do feel like things like heart open heart surgery though and brain surgery it's kind of hard to like limit casualties sometimes like it's not always their fault you know when they're doing something that you know God no, didn't no, intend people to is, do
1: everything is definitely right 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 everything is definitely situational hundred percent I would never it's never black and white but like if somebody just been, I'm, I'm, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a doctor, bro. But if there's ever a case and just a tragic event where someone were to die and they're not supposed to, I definitely feel like a doctor should have to take some steps back. But if the chance of someone, you know, passing on is is high, it's like you took that risk and mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately, the universe said not today. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, you know, and uh, that's not something anyone can control. But you know. I, it, it, it's just in moments that, like, you know, you're not supposed to die. Like, why'd he die? <laughs> that doctor should,
0: you know. You were doing hand surgery. Why did you slice his neck? <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, bro. Like, I'm sorry. We got to talk about this. I got some questions for you, sir.
0: Hey, sir. Um, come here. We got to talk in your office real quick. <laughs> just imagine, like, the boss come <laughs> what the fuck they just look look, like just imagine like being like the head of the head of the security when this happens like we're not the head of security like head of the of the hospital you open it i'm sorry where the hell is john and then then you just go from there i need to speak to john right now sir you were doing hand surgery and he died of a slit throat what happened That'd be crazy honestly. I'm sure some crazy shit like that's happened where like he the patient like woke up or something and got sliced or something like that. There had to have happened Bro, somewhere. Some- yeah. Something. Like something. well like, like, like the, think the about doctor when-
1: slipped on a fucking banana and like he just went backwards and said Samurai slice" <laughs> Tell down your throat son.
0: Well um this like think about back when they were like inventing anesthesia. Like it didn't work all the time.
1: Oh man. Yo imagine if some like even like with Dennis back then, that's that's got to be like the craziest because oh. you definitely got you, – you're just flooding the mouth with blood and pain. Like you're just – it's just yeah. over. It's, it's just done. I feel
0: like Dennis like, back then just pulled teeth if they, if they saw anything wrong with it. Oh, black, pull it. Oh, it's got a cavity, pull it. Like I feel like they just pulled teeth back then.
1: Probably just as much as they amputated. They just tourniquet, <laughs> strap it up, close the bloodline, chop it off. Yo, get them out of here!
0: Next, chop it off. They had to like, if you like broke a leg, like severely broke a leg, like punctured the skin, like they when they like amputated, there must have been like a lot of people must have died from that just from like being amputated. Oh, bro, had to has.
1: There's, I I don't even know if I could survive an amputation, dog. All right, there's no way in fucking hell if you gotta amputate, (laughs) amputate my life. Don't amputate my arm. Just take my whole life. Just take yeah. the whole motherfucking thing. Like I don't, I don't want it.
0: What would happen for you needing what would happen for you needing to be amputated though? Just like a, in, I guess a bad car accident or something.
1: Like a car accident or like let's say like a snake bite like sits too long or something like, you know, something right, venomous or maybe like a, right, you know, or like a let's say like you left a cut, a deep cut that needs stitches get infected that can't be healed now now you got to lose from your knee to your now your pinky toes are gone like you can't even look at your toes no you can't wiggle them the piggies is gone kid like
0: yeah have uh, you heard about like that syndrome where like people get like amputated and like and like they put like a fake arm over there and they like have this arm like being like touched by like feathers and and then like on the other side of the curtain is, like, a fake hand. They slam the fake hand, and everyone, like, like flinches and stuff. Uh, I don't know if that's – I don't know if that's yeah. an amputated thing or if that's just something, like, with a fake arm. But also, there is a syndrome where, like, people – where, like, people um, f- can still feel their amputated hand. Like, they, they feel, like, in their mind, they can still feel it. Oh, I got to look this up right now. I got to look it up. But, yeah, what do you think about that?
1: No, I – I mean honestly bro like to put myself in those in that position I'd be kind of scared like imagine just I'll, I'll imagine being, being in that position where you have to have to really like feel, you have to feel something else that's not yours and really like adjust to it it's like learning how to life all over again learning how to do something so basic like, and coming off of injuries, bro, like, I would never want to go through that. Just injuries alone. Like, injuries are nothing compared to an amputee. You know? I've no- I didn't know Zoom could do this syndrome where amputees can still feel their parts. <laughs> their part? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, no, this is this is why I like Zoom, because I can just do this. Phantom limbs yeah. is the feeling of sensations in a limb that has been removed. There may be feelings in a limb as if they were still attached to their body. This is because the brain continues to get messages from the nerves that you used to feel for the missing limb. Wow, that's crazy. They're really, um, they're really quite um, inventive with these names, creative with these names. Phantom limb, you know, it's a creative name. Right. It's crazy. It makes
1: it sound it makes it sound like I want one now. No, you don't. No, what I don't want one. But like, but like imagine having like a phantom tail or some shit, you know? Like, that's or like be you a know, thing. phantom horns. You know, like that's you gotta, gotta have, be a thing. Like, bro, it's gotta be a thing. It's gotta be a thing.
0: What part of There's the got, brain I mean does phantom limb affect a popular theory of the cause of phantom limb pain is faulty wiring of the sensory sensorim- sensorometer is that a sensory motor? i don't know i can't speak cortex the part of the brain that is responsible for processing sensory inputs and ex executing movements in other words there's a mismatch between a movement and the perception of that movement that's honestly crazy though the fact that like that happens right. to people
1: no the fact that your brain can send that like there's that much power within your brain and, like, we can't tap into that without amputee, like, fucking, like, you know, attachments. Like, why can't our brain send signals that we have nerves and other things that we can control? Like, I feel like if we have that power to do that, then we should definitely be able to, rec- like, tap into that somewhere. Like, somebody's hiding something something. I need answers, bro. I think one Colin, day... Colin, you need to demand some answers on that. I
0: need bro. to demand some answers, bro. I <laughs> bro, demand them, boys. I think that one day we're definitely going to have, like... Like somebody who has a nub, like they're gonna have like basically the nerves connect to it, and it's gonna be like basically like an AI hand that's gonna work um, like a um, regular Ooh. hand. I think like you know Star Wars how they have those like robotic hands with like wirings. I feel like that's how it's gonna be one day. Instead of Oscar Pistorius I mean, having, if I could have an Anakin things. hand,
1: I would definitely chop my hand off to have an Anakin hand. No, okay. you would
0: not. Like, you would not chop off your hand for an Anakin hand. <laughs>
1: Yes, I would. Do you have? You, did you see that gold shit he had in episode two? Do not cap that gold. That gold hand was fire, bro. Yeah, I will have a. I don't have. I'd have a gold hand with a gold watch. Give me that.
0: If Give you were, that. I'm not going to ask you this. This is a bad question. Never mind. Um, I was going to ask you, like, say, like, <laughs> I'm just going to ask it anyways. Um, go, go
1: for it, bro. Let's, let's get it.
0: Uh, if say you were in a terrible accident, and this is the far future, you're in a terrible accident and um the same thing that happened to anakin happens to you um not where the chops like would you take the darth vader suit if they offered it
1: oh so you're saying would i would i go down the dark side
0: well no i was thinking more like if you got like severely burned and they were like in the future there was like something like Uh. the darth vader suit that kept you alive would you like take that
1: Take that route. I mean, because he had that giant bubble where he could, you know, like meditate and all that in episode five, I would 100% take it. Because like that, I would get. I would just, get, I would hot box that whole bubble <laughs> with my helmet off, just enjoying myself. Like I'm sitting there, Darth Vader with this power flash lightsaber, shooting lightning at my fingertips, relaxing, smoking a fatty, just getting high in this bubble. Yeah, bro. Inside the Death Star? You got me correct. I'm I'm in there, bro. Now Oregon's just so open with it. Now, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how necessarily how I feel about it. I feel like it's just it's slightly extreme. I'm not going to lie. But I do see that, like, I do see the science behind it because when you really think about it, all the – anything that people have had to be regulated, they do less of it. Like, um – Uh, for example, well, I was, I I just lost it, but, um, as soon as they made like weed legal, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know, there was a lot there, there, there definitely is a lot of people that still sell weed, but you know, the dispensaries definitely took that market, you know? So it's just, it's definitely, definitely interesting. Um, I, I forgot where I was going with that
0: doesn't matter. Um yeah, no, I, we were just just talking about <laughs> how they decriminalized. I think it is good that they um are going right. to they're going to do trials with um psilocybin with mental health patients. So I think that's pretty cool. No, that
1: part I love that. I love that part. Just it's just the cocaine. That's just like really like I, th-
0: I think gram- the, I think the point of it was to like make it so like people with addictions um decriminalizing it because I don't, it's not, it's not legal. It's just decriminalized, which I don't really know the difference. Um, you know what? We have Zoom. We can look that up. But um, no, I think it basically is just. I feel like. No, go ahead. What, what were you saying?
1: Oh, I mean, I mean, I just feel like it was. It's. It's like you just couldn't necessarily. I would say I, I want to say like the distribution part is probably still illegal, but like let's say you just had it on you and like you got arrested, they couldn't probably prosecute you for it. But if they were looking for you, you know, and them dogs hunted you down, Mm -hmm. I feel like, yeah, you're, you're, you're done for, but
0: let's say
1: say you get like, go ahead. Let me see. let's, Let's read this.
0: Legalization of cannabis is the process of removing all legal prohibitions against it. Decriminalization of cannabis means it would remain illegal, but the legal system would not prosecute a person for possession under a specific amount. Okay. So it basically just limits the amount.
1: Yeah. So that's all I, I was saying. Like you can walk on like a gram of cocaine or like a gram of shrooms or a gram of almost any drug in Oregon and you're fine.
0: Something like but
1: I that. Think they, they, yeah. I think mean they limited it to a gram, which Honestly, I feel like it's very dangerous because a gram of cocaine can do a lot of damage to anyone that does that just doesn't you know use it responsibly. Which there is no real respons- responsible way to use cocaine.
0: Well, I think marijuana in Oregon is legalized. I think so. Yeah, I'm almost positive. I think, so.
1: I think I th- and I think psilocybin is too
0: i don't know i think it's medicinally legalized remember when yes we,
1: like, that's what I, I know.
0: yeah yeah see so i don't know we're in it's a weird time we're living in um for sure Man, tell me about like, things are but i mean i think we're moving in the right direction um you know i don't but would think you want to have
1: kids in this environment
0: though he, no bro no but also you know i think that's kind of our job is to make it better for our kids later you know it's kind of our job but, with uh, the youth oh you know, just being better than the last generation, honestly.
1: Yeah. Okay. You know what? First, that that does sum it up pretty well.
0: First step is in next four years. You know, we need someone who's not eighty, gonna be eighty two years old. Let's just start with that. <laughs> we need someone who's like so let's, go, let's go, let's go forties, maybe fifties. Like that's a little too old too. Forties is probably the best thing, um, best round age for like closest to us, but. Like, dude, 82, like, we're not even talking about a second term right now. We're talking about the first term. He's going to be 82. And then just like that, it's not a bad thing because they are like, they have a lot of help and everything like, but it's like 82 is pretty fucking old, dude.
1: I feel like anything after 70, like there should be a law where you have to stay in the house. Like, (laughs) there's just no, (laughs) there should be just be no reason. Like, honestly, like why? For what? You've done... 70 years on this planet like why isn't there somebody just caring for you in some way like i feel like there should be so many changes how old people just get treated because like they are a hazard and they're not a hazard in a way that makes in a bad way they're just accidentally hazardous because they're old and they're fragile and they're gentle and they might die yeah. any moment including our new president i was like yo like why are you after 70 you should have been kicked out of office and you should have been at home retired and whoever is after you should, it's just how it should just because yeah. you're just all of it i don't even feel like oh people should be fucking driving but you know they do
0: there's a there's a south park episode of like old people just crashing into everything and they start limiting the age you have to be to drive it's hilarious it should be a
1: real thing in america It's just like after age 60, you should, you should like, you have to take a driving test every year.
0: I feel like you should have to take another driving test at some point. Like most people got their driving test when you were 16, like you're 75 now, or even like you're 40. Like you might've learned how to not drive, you know? (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, you might how you might learn how to drive really, really terribly.
0: Like every right. every motherfucker listening to this right now drove in their sixteen year old driver license like this, hand over hand, and now everyone drives like you asshole, like honking. Bro, That's how everyone drives 100%, now,
1: percent, especially in Vegas. You're, you're, it's, it's Fast and Furious out in these fast streets, bro. Fast and
0: Furious, bro. You're going, it's crazy. God forbid you're going seventy in a sixty-five. You know, people just bro. literally just like someone you know,
1: is on your tail,
0: tail, like
1: so close to you that you can see the indents in their fucking headlights. It's like, why am I seeing the creases of your light? I, I shouldn't have. I would. I shouldn't be that close to you. No, you
0: shouldn't really. be that close to me yeah
1: and it's the worst of people that like it's at night when they got the bright ass leds that have like the wrath of fucking god in them there's bro. shits that really take like it's like you you invested in the devil worshiping lights like these these lights you don't have any other time unless you're about to call <laughs> satan out of the fucking ground in the dark <laughs> like why you got these lights here bro why for uh, what, what, do, you what Light- do you need to see what do you need to see lights
0: are dope though like Like, I feel like they just like thought they were cool. And then like, but it's like, they never look at them. Everyone else has to look at them, you know?
1: No, they look at them. I don't believe that. They look at them. You don't know why you don't look at them? Because anytime you put on, because when you, when you, when you put on lights on a car, you get, you, you get your ass out that car you look at the front and you're like, damn, these shirts is bright. You say that to yourself. There is not a soul on this planet. They ain't looked at them lights that they see on the, the truck, on the car. On the, even on the motorcycles, I've seen LED like on motorcycles, and they look great, and I'm going to do it. It's wrong, but I'm going to do it. But on trucks, bro, oh, man, that's it the works, because it's like four of them. And you, there's no way you can tell me, anyone that buys their truck and puts LED lights on it, or it comes with LED lights, they don't turn the lights on at night, and they're like, wow, those are bright.
0: Yeah, they also might drive with an American flag standing straight up in the, in the back.
1: Oh, bro, they're, they're all for it.
0: Or I guess even the worst one, Skull and What is the one called? Skull and Bones. What is the other one called? The one with the X. Mm, I don't know. It's called something.
1: I'm not. I'm not too familiar, honestly. If I'm not cool with those guys, so they never really <laughs> let me know anything. They just tell and me. They never. <laughs> they they yeah, just no, say, they "Hey, this is called this." <laughs> right. I was never educated. they never really like me too much, so. <sighs> <sighs>
0: Yeah, that's funny. Um, but no, I have four lights set up right now on this. Can you tell?
1: Honestly, I, it looks – okay, so the top is the best, and the top right corner looks a little bit dimmer, but I can see the angle of the shadows. So I wouldn't tell those four lights, but I would say it's, like, pretty well lit, that's for sure. Like, I would say, like, you got some studio shit happening – you know so whatever you did yo you set you set it up like a magician like you should definitely take the title of the genie because you got it cracking i got bit.
0: one i got one right here pointing straight at me i got one right here a ring light pointing at my face i got another ring light pointing at my face and then i got my headlight
1: that sounds like me when i'm cutting my hair
0: yeah dude, <laughs> dude i want it to be perfect because the image that's coming into you looks pretty decent and the audio is pretty decent right
1: I mean the image that i 'm getting from you, and I, I mean I just, all, it's all looks all it's great, so
0: yeah. you you killed it bro you killed it i'm trying you know i'm trying to one day I have enough mics it's just it's just getting people here and everything and i don't have a i don't have a video camera, so I need to get one of those too, but one day I want to do this shit in person, bro, I did one a couple of days ago in person, and it was so much fun like i mean this is cool too because we're like at least we like seeing each other, but it's like Dude, it's so much better in person.
1: There's literally. Oh, you can feel better. the vibe. It's like you can yeah. create it and make it your own, hundred percent. what it's one th- authentic? It's not like it. Hey, do I look good in this camera angle? Is this light right? Because you set it up all beforehand. And now you're posted up. You're chilling. You're having a good time. Maybe we're both drinking because I got two of these. And stuff bro. Look at this. Has the it has the um the layout of Wrigley Field it's a map of Wrigley Field all through it. Wrigley, Wrigley Field Cubs, time. right? So, like, yeah. So, Chicago Cubs okay. on the bottom. And then a whole map of, of the baseball stadium. It's crazy.
0: I uh, only know that is because I t- I'm taking a four-credit sports ethics class. It just ended today. I have an essay to write this weekend. But then I'm done. Um, yeah, so I'm taking it this uh, – I took it for this winter course and like we we're I was just talking about sports, like philosophy and stuff like that. And one of the things we were watching was the shoot. What's his name? I said, ma'am, what's his name? Um, I don't know. It's like this famous play from 2003, uh, playoffs where like this guy like the fan had his arm out and the ball hit him, but it was the Cubs versus the Mariners, and we watched like this whole yeah 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 when the when
1: the fan caught the ball right in the right in the right right off the, the dude's hand. I watched that game.
0: Yeah, that's what we watched we watched a whole documentary on it, and so like that's the only reason I know it's called Wrigley Field.
1: Yeah, dude, that game was. I remember watching that watching that game live, but my dad lost his mind. My father's the only reason why I'm a Cubs fan, bro. Like I was a I'm a Cubs fan when when the Cubs fan when the Cubs lost a hundred games, you know, like that I I've been a Cubs fan since birth, bro. Like there was never so like winning the World Series for the Cubs, like watching my dad cry that day. You know, we went out to LA to see the uh, playoff game. During the year they won the World Series, like all that stuff was so historic because my dad raised me off of you know, the Cubs being called the lovable losers, man. Like, it was it was just that thing, to watch the club Cubs knowing they were going to lose. Mm-hmm. So that winning season they had, man, I dropped everything. The girlfriend that I had, I was like, yo, look, I don't care what we're doing this weekend. I'm going to see the Cubs play the Dodgers because the Cubs are winning the World Series this year. And lo and behold, they did. But that trip, seeing them, you know, it was just – Seeing my dad more than anything else be that happy because he's never seen, you know, the Cubs in a playoff game live. You know, like, the Cubs sucked his whole life. They didn't win a, they didn't go – they went to the playoffs in 1908, you know, and they went to the playoff. they won the World Series. You know, they didn't want to win the World Series since. They've been in the playoffs. There's been a few teams. There's always been, you know, oh, this is going to be the, the team. You know, mm-hmm. you always had the season or, you know, you had the squad where, like, these guys were just batting. Like no nobody's business catching pitching it was all on par but they get in the playoffs and they act like they can't do shit now it was just the Cubs curse so to see my father that happy more than anything else was like the best part but dog going out there seeing seeing them boys really do that for 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 the city after a hundred and ten years they won that World Series bro in two thousand sixteen I'll never forget it. Cool oh, I'll never forget it. That playoff game, oh, bro, it was nothing like it. The, I, I can't say this, though. I hate Dodger fans. I mean, I, I, I have respect for them as people, and I hope they have respect for me as a person, knowing Dodger fans I usually don't. But, you know, I just dog. Dodger fans are the worst kind of baseball yeah. fans on the planet. Like, it's terrible.
0: And I really got it into baseball, terrible. so I, I don't really know different fans and stuff. My sports have always just been basketball and football. But even basketball, Absolutely. I don't really have a team –
1: you're familiar with college football, right? No, oh, yeah. Of course. So, you know how, like, Alabama fans act? Yes. Dodger fans of Alabama fans. There's no difference.
0: I it's can almost like that. you grouped
1: them with Raider fans. It's like, yeah. Raider fans, like, is scary. It's like, wow, it's all, it's got. To, it's, it's like that? We got to be all of that today? Okay. You know, Raiders you know? fans,
0: man. I know. I didn't, I wasn't that some of my friends here are Raiders fans and I always just mock them because now they're in Vegas, but I wasn't really that happy that the Raiders were coming to Vegas.
1: Thank you. I'm so glad I'm not alone on that.
0: Like, I mean, it's I'm cool to have a team, I mean, but like, I just don't feel like they fit our city. Like the Golden Knights came and it was just like this revolutionary thing. Like we all backed it. And the Raiders like, you're just bringing these dirty fans.
1: It was a dirty vibe. They brought entirely. I mean, I'm excited for the stadium because, You know, there's going to be bowl games. Um, The high school state football game is going to be there. You know, so those games and, like, even just regular college games that they have at, like, you know, neutral playing fields and whatnot Mm -hmm. will be held at that stadium. So that's why I'm excited for that more than anything else. But that whole Raider vibe, man, it's just rough because they had so many just disrespectful demands. Like they didn't want UNLV playing in their stadium. They didn't want to have any UNLV gear up in their stadium and all kinds of stuff. And it's like,
0: But right, you're coming to Vegas, you,
1: right? You're coming to to a city that that is trying to embrace you. Like, why are you why are you throwing throwing these, these regulations out here that mm. are just just asinine, man? It was, it was just just wrong.
0: Yeah,
1: left a bad well, taste in my mouth
0: yeah i was just gonna say that i feel like that's a good way to end it we've gone for an hour and 20 minutes um I feel like we had a great conversation uh, no definitely so yeah you, next time we do this hopefully we can do this in vegas in person because not that this wasn't fun and everything i just you know we want to get that vibe in person you know
1: oh 100 percent, bro i'm i'm definitely willing to well I'm, thanks I'm, for I'm your down. time you man
0: yeah yeah definitely thanks for your time and everything like i'm glad we could do this um and i'll let you know when everything's out all right man
1: of course bro i'm looking forward to it stay up man thank you bro thank you you too yeah. bro keep doing these bro i'm looking forward to it. i'm be watching these too i love yeah. it i love seeing you succeed yeah. bro
0: yeah man keep i I, I mean like in youtube bro like keep doing your thing with like tattooing and everything man like i i love that you are doing something that you love because it, you can live better and you can put better energy out into the world when you're doing something that you care about yes, sir. Every day, every day. All right, man, stay stay easy, all right? You too, bro, stay up, stay blessed. Yeah, you too. Much love, bro, later. Episode 40 with Kevin Crawford is in the books. This behind me right now is gonna be my new intro and outro song. Comment on my Instagram and let me know if you guys like it. Also, subscribe to my YouTube channel for the full video and clips of each episode. Subscribe to me on your favorite streaming platform, as always, and stay demanding.